Hey, this is Ralph D'Amato, the producer from Pretending I'm a Superman, the Tony Hawk video game story. And I'm just uh, here with Greg and Sam from We Podcast and We Know Things. Check them out. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 220 of We Podcast and We Know Things, where we recap all of the week's nerdy news. My name is Greg Hall, and alongside of me is almost always the best damn voice in the business, Sam Matura. Oh, snap. We back. Oh, oh, Pokemon Snap, baby. We're going to talk a oh, lot. I, I didn't want to jump at the gun. I just thought I'd just tease it a little bit. Wonderful. Uh, fucking Professor Oak. Uh, so, yeah, we are live here for episode 220. It is Thursday, January 14th, a little, little later than we normally record, but not by too, too much. So at least I have a little bit of energy after a very long day. Uh, we are live on Zencaster for our second ever Zencaster episode. Thank you to the team at Zencaster for uh, hosting us on this wonderful, wonderful site. We really like it. I mean, it's really good. Oh, it's like you said it. When things work, how easy is it? Yeah, it really like <laughs> when they work, they work. We got our picks of the week tonight. We got trivia 17 and a half for me after I got the craziest question correct last week. 16 and a half for Sam. Then Sam is going to start us in gaming where I'm going to talk about Immortals Phoenix Rising, new Pokemon Snap, got a release date, Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury got almost 10 minutes of blowout coverage across two new trailers uh, and then a whole bunch of other stuff in gaming you don't want to miss. I'll take it back over for movies where an old, we'll call him a legend, maybe joining the MCU again to reprise one of his most famous roles. Uh, we have a lot of Deadpool 3 news and that's where our top three Three is going to be tonight. Uh, Deadpool 3 top three. We're looking forward to that. Uh, WandaVision is out right now. So go check that out. We'll talk a little bit about that. And just a lot of other phase four MCU stuff on Disney Plus. Got a lot of news around that this past week. And then Pokemon dropped the 25th anniversary trailer. And then a whole bunch of celebrations outside of just gamings. We're, we're talking TCG where Sam is super excited. We're talking TV. Lots of stuff. So we'll cover some of that as well. Sam will end us with the CGC spotlight. This is an episode you're not going to want to miss. But let's start as we customarily do with our picks of the week. Pick of the week this week, The Outpost. I don't know if you ever saw this movie. It's on Netflix. It stars Scott Eastwood, Orlando Bloom, and I don't know if you know this guy, Caleb Laundry Jones. I guess Laundry? Laundry, I guess he was in Get Out. I, I've never seen Get Out yet, but that's... Oh, great. yeah, yeah. He was the main character, I think. No, 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 no. This is another guy. <clears throat> but... He, I've never seen him. He was absolutely phenomenal. This was based on a true story um, about when our troops were in Afghanistan, Afghanistan, where it was basically 53 U.S. soldiers against 400 enemies, and they were where they were stationed at. It was literally called the Death Trap because it, they were just surrounded by mountains, and just to see like how how some members made it out of here and the absolute madness. I I, I couldn't imagine being stationed here that they were being shot at every single day the realism that they brought to this movie. I mean, you know how like they show you like, you know, real pictures at the end of the movies and stuff like that. So they kind of did that and had interviews with the actual people there. And they kind of, what went through their minds of what was going on and what, what led to the decision, what happened. And it just, you know, you sometimes you're in the room for them war movies. And I was kind of craving that. I felt like I needed like another, like black Hawk down or something like that. And, and this movie delivered, this might even be almost better. This had almost had action from non like from beginning to end gruesome the, the shooting scenes were fantastic and this pro probably the best movie scott eastman was ever in 
I'm not going to like Fast and the Furious, other crap he was in, that whatever. But this was probably his best movie I've seen him in. So if you're in the mood for a nice little war movie, it was almost on my top three for 2020. Just missed. It was probably my number four. But it's on Netflix called The Outpost. How long is it? How long? Probably like 90? Uh, two hours. Two hours. Okay. And it's got a 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, very, very nice. When did it come out? What year? 2020. I said it was my number four on Oh, gotcha. Right. I missed that part. That's my bad. All right. My pick of the week is uh, an HBO miniseries. Uh, I found it through HBO Max because all of HBO stuff is on there, too. Uh, it came out in 2019, obviously ended in 2019. Um, a lot of demand for a second season, but the creator said this was a miniseries. We're not doing a second season. Seven episodes, a half hour each, so you can get through it very, very quickly. I got through it last night. So I watched the whole thing last night. Um, it is called Mrs. Fletcher. Have you ever heard of this show? I don't think so. Yeah. So it's not going to like light the world on fire. I don't think it was, my, you know, the best show ever. I wouldn't go back and rank it in one of my lists of 2019, but I just really enjoyed it. It's um, it's Catherine Hahn. She plays Mrs. Fletcher, Eve Fletcher. Jackson White is her son. He's a relatively unknown actor. I looked him up. I didn't see him in anything really. Owen Teague, Jen Richards, uh, who is a trans actress. She's phenomenal in it. Um, and basically it stars it's it's she's the mom and, and Jackson White is her son who just graduated high school. He's going off to college. She's a single mom. She's divorced. Her husband cheated on her and left uh, for another woman. So she's a very reserved person, Catherine Hahn's character. And when he leaves and she's so bored, she becomes slowly addicted to pornography. And oh. uh, like, like can't help but watch it. Has very sexual thoughts. This, that, the other. Hasn't had sex in over three years, so she's very like. Oh my god! <laughs> she's very, she's very like. Um, uh, well, I don't even verklempt. Everywhere that's the word. I don't even. I don't oh. even know how to explain it. That's but great. the son's also like a complete douchebag. Was like the jockey, popular kid in high school, but when he went to college he's not that kid anymore because he doesn't have that group of friends anymore. And like, he's got to kind of refine himself a little bit and he's a piece of shit and he's like kind of the villain and you kind of love to hate him. Cause he's, he's like plays the role really, really well. I actually think he has the best performance in the entire show. Um, but it's, it's like both their stories, every episode plot a is her story. Plot B is his story. And she's 45. So she's trying to find herself and this new world of being addicted to porn and like, you know, can't help but watch it and, and wants to explore and, and so experiment. Funny. And he is trying to hook up with every girl at college. So uh, <laughs> it just it just tells a really fun story. It what's nice is because it's a mini series, it has a beginning, a middle, and an end. There is nothing that you know would lead for a cliffhanger or yeah, exactly. Once you, you you close the book, you walk away, you're done. Exactly. Now that's it's got less than five thousand reviews on IMDb and it only averages a seven point one. So it's like a good show, but not, you know, upper echelon. And that's where I said earlier, I'd, I'd categorize this. It's a very fun, pretty funny, entertaining as hell show. Seven episodes. Like I said, they're each a half hour. You can get through this in under four hours and uh, total. And I just went right through boom, boom, boom. After the flyers game last night, just decided to watch it, liked it. And, and just one and oh, baby. Exactly. One oh and oh, two points, the most in the Eastern division. So a uh, lot of fun recommend it not going to be your favorite show ever but i think you're really going to enjoy it and quite frankly that's good enough right now it's called mrs fletcher on hbo also available on hbo max 
17 and a half for me, 16 and a half for you, a race to 11, win by two. I'm going to give you your question first. Cool. Let me relax. All right. What do you got? All right. The Umbrella Academy consists of seven kids adopted by Hargreaves. How many members slash kids are in the Sparrow Academy? Five. The answer is also seven. Yeah. I thought it might have been a trick question. I went with my gut and just. That's why I asked it. Thought you might uh, have a trick trick question there. Uh, there you go. All right. That's fine. I'm also, I'm also committing tonight to answer your question within like 15 seconds. Like I'm going to try and go super quick. All right. Good luck. Who was the Earth 2 daughter of Batman and Catwoman? <laughs> I have no idea. Can I have the answers, please? A, Huntress, B, Oracle, C, Katana, D, Black Canary. All right. Who Between Batman and who? Catwoman. Uh, I thought Oracle was the Gordon's daughter woman. And Earth 2, isn't that the main Earth? No. Okay. <laughs> <It's not> Earth 2. <laughs> I thought Earth 2 was in that world, the main oh. Earth. All right, I'm losing time. I said 15 seconds. Give me the answers one more time. A, Huntress, B, Oracle, C, Katana, D, Black Canary. Black, God damn it. Uh, between Black Canary and, and the other one. I don't remember C. I want to go C, but I don't remember what it is, so I'm going to go Black Canary. Incorrect. It is Huntress. Oh, okay. There you go. Cool. I went without that because it was Birds of Prey and... Like that's the only place I know Huntress from. And which, like, you would think I, I kind of like, I don't know. I thought you might have got it, but I don't know. I'm sorry, my friend. That's okay. I wanted to go quick tonight. <laughs> All right, let me take it over in gaming because I'm interested to hear what you have to say about this game. Because from what they showed, I thought it looked beautiful. Let's get your impressions on Immortals: Phoenix Rising. So I have it on the PlayStation Five. That's where I'm playing it. And dude, it's good. Mm. it's good it's good it's good it's not bad it's, it, but it sounds like a salty good though it's you know? i i was uh it's like it's think of it this way right it's breath of the wild but it's ubisoft and like ubisoft's kind of like the devil a little bit them and ea are kind of like the big Ooh, man, we have some probably big news in ubisoft so interesting it's uh huh you know it's okay. it's good if you're looking for a breath of the wild style game but a lot smaller in scope it's it's right up your alley. If you like Greek mythology, it's right up your alley. I'll just What's go. Like, off the well, why do I want that? I got God of War. Why do well, I? Well, they're in Norse mythology now, though. So if if so facto, if you want Greek, you gotta either play the old God of War games or something like this. And again, it's a breath I got of the wild. Remastered, I'm good. If if you want a Breath of the Wild clone, this mm. is a pretty good one. Um, you know, I I didn't think I don't think it's as good as I thought it would be. And as and I don't like it as much as I thought I would. Uh, here I'll just, I'll just kick it off with the negatives as opposed to starting with the. Positive. It's shit. It's pure shit. Um, it's I, I was lying to you earlier. It's just kind of pretty. It's not the. It's not very pretty. Uh, it's pretty. The, the colors are okay. What's better looking, Ghost of the Shima, or this? Ghost of Shima is not even close. Okay. This has a different. That's art all style I needed too. to know. This has a different art style too. This is a more of a like the cartoony like cell. Hey, art I, I know. I'm just teasing. It's a very pretty game when you're standing on top of Olympus and the you know like Hall of the Gods and you're looking out at the scenery. That's gorgeous. But like the moment to moment gameplay, it's kind of washed out the colors and it's not that. And I did put on performance mode um, instead of the graphical mode, so that has a little bit to do with it. So if you don't put on the graphics, I wanted it to run at 60 frames per second, not 30. 
um, if you ha- run it at 30, it looks prettier. So you have that option. Okay. Um, so that's a little bit, it's, it's just not the prettiest game to look at. Graphics aren't everything. It runs very stable. There's no frame rate lag. So it, it, it actually plays really well. Um, the other part is, and this was something a lot of people liked it for was Zeus and Prometheus are like a comedy duo. And that's, they're telling the story of this prophecy Phoenix. Um, and they're like telling it as the narrator and they talk a lot, a whole fucking, oh. and, and to me, it's too much. Uh, to me, I'm like trying to listen to this and figure out where I got to go. And all of a sudden I just hear these two trying to crack bad jokes. And I'm like, you're totally breaking this for me. And like, it's so distracting. So I thought they were actually a negative as opposed to a positive. I think that it does a decent job of telling you where to go and you get places quickly. But at the same time, like I had to push a pearl. Think of ghost with the markers, right? Okay. Uh, like a thousand, like one kilometer. And like, as you get closer. Yeah. You know, okay. Gotcha. Think of that. I had to push a pearl by myself, no horse, no nothing. I had to push it 800 meters and it was, or kilometers, whatever. And it was so long. It took, it took forever. Cool. It took forever. It forever. And it just like, I was like, I'm kind of out. Um, I'm going to keep playing it. I'm not like overly joyed to get back to it. You got to um, beat it at least now. At least, at least see the story to the end. I don't know. The story's just okay. It's not. It's not what I thought it would be. It, it's, I'm so. I mean, I'm it's, so glad I didn't get it. <laughs> it's light. It's light-hearted uh, Greek mythology. It's like not. It's it has all the characters you know and love, but it's not like hardcore Greek mythology. That's very tongue-in-cheek PG. Greek mythology. Very PG. Very, 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 very PG. It might even be um, G in some circles, and so. <laughs> And so, like, I do I recommend it? Yeah. Do I like it? Yeah. Do I think that you should go buy it? I mean, it's on sale for like Six, 30 bucks. Oh, I was going to say, so it's not a $60 game that you. No, it's a, absolutely a 30 to $40 game. Without a doubt, no ands, ifs, or buts. I couldn't recommend it more at that price point. If you want to get it at 60 skip it and wait for it to go on sale. Um, it's, it's just, it's good. Uh, I, I, again, I don't think it's going to light the world on fire. So, positives, just a couple. Um, like I said, the, gameplay it plays wonderfully like super smooth i love that um and i love the idea of you can go anywhere you want at any time and just do your thing it doesn't there's no invisible walls there's no borders there's no nothing just go figure it out it doesn't throw everything at you on the map at once you actually have to enter into a different type of vision and any likes nothing and like you can uh look around in uh, like think of like binoculars you look into these like binoculars and when the controller shakes, that means something's there and you have to hit the right trigger. Uh, and by the way, when you use a bow, it is adaptive triggers. That's very cool. Um, and then you can like unveil what was there. It's it's pretty neat. And so and the trials are actually a lot of fun. I recommend those. So it's got a lot of high points, but like they weren't. It's no bug snacks. I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> we know how much you love that game. The highs were were high, but they they weren't like mind blowing. So it was good. And the, I think the biggest drawback to this game, the number one biggest drawback that before I started playing turned me off. I only played a half hour the first time because I was like, I'm still kind of shook by this disgusting choice that Ubisoft made. I've put three and a half hours in, so I've gotten a good chunk. But uh, you have to make a Ubisoft account to play this game. And you have to, um, if you want the best experience, you have to play it while you're online. And it's just I don't, I don't right, want so that. So you have to pay for that yearly subscription or three months, however you buy it. But yeah, that does suck. No, you don't, you don't have to do that. But like, 
I mean, like your your console has to be connected to the Wi-Fi. That way you, you get all these fucking messages when you turn the game on about Ubisoft promotions and visit our Aren't store and microtransactions. Through, isn't your PlayStation always connected through Wi-Fi? Hmm? Your system yeah, but always- you have but right, but you can't start the game. You cannot play it unless you make a Ubisoft account. Oh, okay. It's just okay. Like, I don't I don't want to make a Ubisoft. Now I have so I had to make up an email address that I'll never check, and I threw my Ubisoft information there. I think I wrote Ubisoft sucks something at gmail.com. I can't remember what I did. That's very nice of you. So I I hate that, that you actually have to make an Ubisoft account. So it's got its good and it's bad. I think it's worth it at 30, 40 bucks. I would totally pass on this game at 60. If you wanted to try it, even just try it, let me know first. I'll just let you borrow mine. Don't go buy it. I appreciate that. But let's talk about a game that I know we're both very excited for. We got the new Pokemon Snap. Just got a release date, April 30th. And like multiple trailers, one big one, but like a lot of deep looks at it. I it was like a minute and a half, right? Yeah, the first trailer. And then Nintendo and Pokemon kept tweeting out a little bit more gameplay, a little bit more information, a little bit more this, a little bit more that. So I'm actually going to pull all those up. So while I'm pulling that stuff up, you watch the trailer too. You're a Pokemon Snap fan. Tell me what you thought about this. It's funny. I was watching a YouTube video yesterday, a couple of days ago. It was the Poke Rev. He was live. He beat Pokemon Snap and you know, kind of brought me back all the feels, kind of all the hours we played into that game and 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 where that game was graphically. And then this <laughs> and, and yeah. then this trailer came out and <laughs> like like it was just so funny the hell I was watching that like like there was no news of a Pokemon Snap 2 yet, just watching the old graphics, like, man, look what we watched back in the day. And then this trailer comes, it looks absolutely beautiful. It's it's night and day from what we grew up playing. Like I I, I can't even imagine. It's uh, this could be the tipping point to get me to get that dance switch. I, I mean, Bandai Namco is making it and they put a lot of love into their stuff. They're the the team behind super smash brothers ultimate. Uh, they, they help out with that. So like, you know, you're getting a quality game, you know, it's going to look great. The Pokemon in uh, Pokemon snap the original, it was either 63 or 64. There wasn't even all 150. We're going to get over 200 now. It's been confirmed. And I'm happy with that number. Um, there's over 800. I think you're, the game would get pretty boring and repetitive if if there was that many. I think 200 to 300 is the perfect number. Now it depends on which ones we're going to get. Um, but I, I agree with you. I think it's the prettiest Pokemon has ever looked uh, graphically. And it brings you back to that 1990, what is it? Six, seven, eight, somewhere in there. Uh, maybe even 99 for this game and, and just brings you back to that time where you're just an innocent kid taking pictures of Pikachu on a surfboard, chucking apples at a Charmander, uh, pester balls at, to get a Scyther. I just can't wait. I love it. You still remember it. I, I, I semi recently ran through it about a year and a half ago. I ran through it in a day. And um, I, I think like what I'm really excited about are those little secrets. Like remember you had to lead the Charizard or the Charmeleon to the volcano and then you hit him with a ball, he falls into the lava and then Char- Char- Charizard Charizard. Yeah, I remember and that. Like, and there was a couple of things, right? There was a bunch of secrets. Yeah, yeah there was a couple of things. So like uh, you know, you lead Electabuzz to a video screen and he charges it up and then there's a little Easter egg there for you. Like I can't wait to discover on my own those things. Not just play the game, but like over and over just to figure out all those secret paths and this, that, and the other, and the secret Pokemon that you can get. And I just, I can't wait for that. It's so much fun. Yeah. So I, this I, game, I, I didn't expect it this soon. I didn't expect it in April. 
I thought it was, I think I said on the dope that it was either going to be March or May. I literally didn't say April. So yeah. um, I, 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 that. I think you said May, actually. I, I might have. I might have. But this will take place in the Lentil region. So we're actually getting a new region, which is crazy. They're not setting it in Galar, where I would have suspected it to be. They're going to go with a brand new region, the Lentil region. Uh, this is island to island, where you're doing an ecological survey. You're building your photo decks. Um that that's really cool. The professor that you're helping out, his name is professor mirror. He wants to uh, expand his photo decks, help uh, have you help him with research. Um, you're going to be able to, you know, obviously if you've never played Pokemon snap, you are in an on rails kind of machine where you're going around observing Pokemon, taking photos of them. And those photos get scored based on how you take it. Were they doing an action where there's there more than one Pokemon? Were they fighting and you caught them fighting like little things like that, that'll up your score, which will unlock, the other courses. Uh, he has an assistant named Rita. She wants to teach you about the Island of Lentil and his ecological survey. He's the lead. Uh, Professor Mir is the leading researcher in the Lentil region. He's in charge of the Laboratory of Ecology and Natural Sciences, aka Lens, uh, which is great. Which is a great camera pun. And uh, you'll be using your camera to help him. And I just, I just can't wait. It's, it's more of one of the most underrated. Pokemon games, one of the more underrated N64 games of all time. It's, I, I mean, I think that this game probably deserved a sequel years ago, but it's it, it, it's just about damn time. That's all mm. I got to say. I think where it deserved a sequel, which is, this is going to sound crazy. I think it deserved a sequel in the Wii U. Um, that gamepad, it could have been the camera. Like you could have just been using that as the camera. I think it almost made too much sense. But because that install base was only 14 million and just didn't sell, I'm very glad that they didn't do that because then we would just get the Switch port as opposed to a brand new experience True. built for Switch from the ground up. And that that to me is very exciting. I wonder if like you can take the Switch off of docked mode and in handheld mode and do anything like that. I don't think you probably will, but who knows? I'm looking very forward to this as long as it has motion controls because that's I need that. If I'm going to use a camera, I need motion controls, but... I digress. Other, you know, regardless, April 30th, not too far away. We're talking three months. Dude, it's going to be here uh, before you know it. I, I, I believe I'm you. sure you have it pre-ordered already. It's in my Amazon cart and paid for. So we are good to go. I cannot wait for this. And it's like I said earlier to you, it, it, I, this is not a cult. Nintendo is not a cult, but you can sure join. Uh, this is your entry point. Yeah. $400 will get you through the door. Lifetime membership. <laughs> of course. Super Mario 3D World and Bowser's Fury got two new trailers. Almost 10 minutes of gameplay blowout. We now know what Bowser's Fury is. Um, this is the Super Mario Odyssey DLC we've been waiting for for three years. They took an Odyssey kingdom, which is basically what Bowser's Fury is going to be, a big Odyssey-style kingdom. They put in elements of Super Mario Sunshine with the paintbrush and the cat shines and things covered in black ink. So they're like mashing up all these Mario games and making it this big open world island for you uh, to explore, get cat shines, to try and take down Fury Bowser, who is stuck in a shell. He comes out, he looks like God friggin Zilla. And then you get the big cat bell. You become Kaijin, uh, uh, Kaiju, Kaiju, uh, Kaiju Mario. And you guys have a Gigantamax battle. And I was literally about was like, oh, OK, so it's Gigantamax for Mario. Got it. It's it's sick. Uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm hype on it. Um it's of course because, you are. Come on, dude. 
when you get the the cat shines, you do the exact same dance as when you get the moons and odyssey. So it like ties that in really well. You get a free range camera, which you don't get in 3D world. It's more of a 2.5D game. So like for me to be able to just jump into this game that is arguably one of the best, if not the best Wii U games, finally ported the switch. It's the big last Wii U game that I was looking for on switch. Get this extra island with all this extra content. Um, Nintendo has said it's short, but action packed. I wouldn't be shocked if I knocked this out in an hour, maybe two, but that's fine because I think 3d world is a good enough game to rebuy. Anyway, this is exactly what I wanted. The internet's going nuts on it. Every there's been unanimous love. I haven't seen any hate, which is great because usually anything that Nintendo comes out, there's the love and then you're you're always going to get your haters. You're always going to get your haters. So I haven't really seen much of that, which is great. Um, there's a trailer on our Facebook page. Just type in we podcast and we know things into Facebook. If you haven't seen the trailers yet, you can check them out there along with the trailer for po- new Pokemon snap. Um, and check that out there. But like, this is exactly, exactly what I wanted. You have Bowser jr. With a paintbrush helping you and you can play co-op. It's awesome. I can't wait for that. However, there is one downside to this game. I get why they're doing it. I don't agree with it. Uh, Ooh. you can play. 3D World with four players online. That's awesome. An online co-op Mario game during a quarantine? Sign me up. I can't wait. (laughs) But if I'm the host, and let's say you, Sean, and Chris are playing with me, and I'm the host, whatever we do, we can beat the whole game in one sitting. The save file will only save to mine because I'm the host. You guys will not get the progress. So you'd have to beat it again. Ah. So I get why they're doing it. I yeah. just don't agree with it. I, I think share it's a Mario game, guys. Like sharing the love is not, you know. But again, I, at the same time, it's a Mario game. You can replay it and it's not gonna like lose its luster. It's not a 40 hour narrative experience. We're talking about a, a Mario game. So I get it. Don't necessarily agree with it, but it looks awesome. The first time I watched it, I said, Oh, this is interesting. Like it didn't wow me. I was also in the parking lot of a doctor's office in my car watching it on my phone. So I didn't oh, really have the best experience uh, rewatching it again. It, it gets me a little bit more hyped. February 12th. Cannot wait. Please do yourself a favor and do some research on these two games, new Pokemon snap and super Mario 3d world plus Bowser's fury. Nintendo is releasing a Mario theme switch on February 12th. And it's red. The I, switch I, itself is red. I mean, I think it would have to be no, I mean, they've done a Mario Switch in the past, and all they did was put red Joy-Con on it. So, like, <laughs> it is what it is. Of course they this did. One, this one, the actual Switch border is red. The Joy-Con are red as well, but they have, like, the little wrist strap is blue, that nice Mario blue. Oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah, it comes with a nice Mario carrying case. It comes with a blue handle to put your Joy-Con in. Like, so it's got that. It, it hits you in the face with the Mario stuff. I heard the kickstand is black, so it's going to look a little weird, but, like, I don't really look at the back of my switch when i'm playing that you're really looking at the kickstand it makes it a little harder to play if you're looking at the back of your switch and not the front of it <laughs> so uh i get it but um it's i don't know if it's gonna be limited edition and it's not something that's gonna make me want to go buy a, a second well actually a third switch um i say that now and then i'll pass one in target like, i was gonna say if you get it just keep it sealed thank you <laughs> that that is a truth bomb right there if I do get it, it will not so leave. Listen me. back to this in 20 years and thank me. This is going to be a big, I can tell it's going to probably triple in value um, 
maybe even more for once. Thank you. So uh, I will do that if I buy it, but I don't see it. I'm holding out hope that the switch pro is real and that that's when I'll jump in and get a third switch for the switch pro, but that'll be available same day as 3d world plus Bowser's fury. So February 12th, we're less than a month away. Cannot wait. Machine games and Bethesda are teaming up for a new Indiana Jones with Todd Howard as the executive producer. When you saw that little teaser trailer for an Indiana Jones game, what did you think? I mean, uh, you see that shit like, okay, Uncharted, they based from Indiana Jones. So it's like, okay, you know, I, I understand. It's like, I'm butthurt. I'm happy for you guys. But it's like, where's my Uncharted 5? <laughs> like, well, I, like, I, I'm not, like, again, Uncharted was created from Indiana Jones. Like, that's that's the, that's the creator right there. Okay. I would also argue Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider came well before Uncharted. Okay, you know, yeah. I would argue it's a little bit of. I would argue it's a little bit of both. And Tomb Raider was at one time. I got. Of course, I had Uncharted vibes. That's the first thing I thought of. Sure, and I don't disagree. I just think that it's nice to be able to have three different things to choose from now for that type of thing. If you want the female protagonist who kicks ass and shoots bows, go with Tomb Raider. If you want uh, that narrative experience with that comedic tone, but also pretty fucking dark and gorgeous. Go with the Uncharted series. And yeah, for he this, kills a lot of people. A lot of people. And this is Machine Games. I trust Machine Games. They, um, I believe they do the Division. Uh, and the Division games look, run gorgeous. They have a great reputation. Um, so I think that's positive. Bethesda being the publisher. Bethesda obviously is one of the biggest publishers in the world. They got a lot of money. And now they're owned by Microsoft. This tells me that this is Xbox's Uncharted. Um, you know, I think that's a an obvious take around the internet, but I think it's true in this case. I don't think we're ever going to see this. I mean, mean, let's face it. Let's call a spade a spade. I don't think we're ever going to see this on a Nintendo or a Sony platform. Never. I think this is, this is Xbox's uncharted, which is fine. I think the name Indiana Jones will sell. The problem is I think you're 20 years too late. No, I mean, Indy hasn't been relevant in a long time. All his fans are older who probably don't get I mean. anymore. Hopefully this is Sony saying, okay, let's pick up the pace on our Uncharted 5. That's what and I'm if they And if they do, I don't think Sony's worried about it. I don't think they care as much. Um, they, because Naughty Dog, they're working on something. They're, they're hiring right now. And Druckmann tweeted out, come join our team. We're working on something awesome. So they absolutely are working on a new project. Could it be Uncharted? Could it be another Last of Us game? Could it be... Uh, a brand new IP time will tell, but Holy Jamokes. Like th- I don't think Sony gives a shit because it's, it's, if it was a multi-plat box, come on, if they, but if it was a multi-plat, I think they'd care, but because it's Xbox, it literally does not affect them at all. Yeah. No one's going to buy an Xbox for Indiana Jones. It's just going to be a cool little thing to have. That's my opinion. At least. No, I, I you're not, you're not wrong. I'd agree with you. It, I, you know, this is going to be, you know, Nathan Drake's guns. Lara Croft is arrows. This is going to be a whip. This is going to be, you know, it's, that's going to be a signature thing. You saw it in the teaser. The last thing yeah. you're left on is his whip. You know, you'll probably use it to swing from branches and trees and, uh, and climb mountains and shit. And then you'll use it as a melee weapon and it'll be cool and it'll be fun. I, I'm not super interested. I, I want to see, you know, uh, uh, footage. I'm not going to like discount it, but also at the same time, I don't own an Xbox anymore. Uh, and it's speculation. It's going to be a, an exclusive. I, it's not confirmed. But if I had to take an educated guess, that's what I would say. It doesn't get me up out of bed in the morning, but it is a cool announcement. Yeah, And they don't have Sully. On the next story, according to multiple sources, Ubisoft Massive is working on an open world Star Wars game. 
two big pieces of info here. One, holy shit, EA is not exclusively working on Star Wars anymore. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Um, you know, from Squadrons to Jedi Fallen Order, which was Respawn, actually, to uh, to uh, Battlefront 2 and Battlefront. EA has had a pretty big stake in EA games. I'm sorry, Star Wars games. But Star Wars games have re- been rebranded, actually, this week to Lucasfilm Games. And with that, they've expanded their, you know, partners. And this time to Ubisoft. Secondly, open world. Like, this is the Star Wars game I think everybody wants. I think we're finally in for, you know, a Star Wars game where you can go and do whatever you want. You can fly your ship around the galaxy whenever you want and go into hyperspace and, like, that nice mix of Jedi Fallen Order mixed with squadrons, mixed with, like, Ghost or, you know, any other type of great open world game. Dude, that's exactly what I want in a Star Wars game. I'm psyched on this news. Now, do you think Ubisoft will deliver? It'll have a I, lot of microtransactions. I've been, you'll you'll, probably, I, I on, like, honestly, from what I've been hearing, I, I've heard both sides of the fences, and it's, I think it's like a 50-50 split. Massive is a good developer. Massive is a really, really good developer. Um, so I have trust in them. But anytime Ubisoft is behind anything, or EA for that matter, I don't have like the greatest confidence just because microtransactions and you have to make an Ubisoft account and all this other shit. Like that's kind of annoying to me. Um, The massive is actually the the division. So I actually confused that earlier when I said machine games, Um, I am actually looking up machine games real quick. Oh, they're behind Wolfenstein. That's what it is. They do Wolfenstein. And they are some of the best first person shooter games out there right now. So super tight control. So that actually makes it even better for Indiana Jones. Hopefully that's not a first person game, but I digress. Um, I think you're going to have to like buy. It's going to be like buy this ship, buy this costume, buy this lightsaber, do this, do that. If it's cosmetics, I think they would get, they would get butchered if that was the case. No, if, if it's just cosmetics, microtransactions don't bother me. But like if you bought a ship that was faster or if you bought a planet that you could only go to if you purchase like a stronger it, stronger gun or something like that, that would like a yeah, bigger yeah. blaster. That stuff would get trashed on but if it's just cosmetic if you want to make a few bucks and people want to buy it to look cooler i don't really fault developers or publishers for that this is going to be a good thing i think this is probably 23 or 24 though not anytime soon hogwarts legacy has been delayed until 2022 a game i didn't care about and a game that i I still don't um i I don't care about that universe I mean, it look, hey, if I'm coming from a guy who I, I do like that universe, the game looked pretty cool. I, I think we both said, like, we could see this game getting delayed. So we really, like, both of us, we weren't surprised by this. No, not at all. Massive Harry Potter style. It's it's not Harry Potter. It takes place in his in his universe. It's actually all about Hogwarts. Uh, a, a massive RPG set in Hogwarts. Uh, yeah, that that's going to take time. I could also see Gotham Knights getting delayed. I just want to point that out. But I, I digress. Not. I digress. Uh, yeah, if you were looking forward to this Harry Potter World RPG, you're going to wait a little longer till 2022. Now, it came, it went. Let's get the recap of HEDQ 21. Yeah, HEDQ 2021 was fun. I had, I thought it had a lot of amazing runs. It raised over $2.7 million for the Prevent Cancer Foundation. Let's go. It's just, I- what a great cause. And... Uh, I wanted to tell the story of this very, very, very thin skinned journalist who got in a 
thing with me about GDQ on Twitter and then blocked me subsequently. And then somebody else tried to call me out because he thought I was being mean to the guy. And then after I gave him my side, he actually turned and agreed with me. And so like, uh, I want to tell that story. I think maybe for, maybe for a different day, we have a pretty packed show, but this is, it it was another amazing event and I'm not going to go run by run or anything like that. It's the GDQ I've watched least out of any of them, but I've caught all the runs I've wanted to watch on demand. So, um, you know, for it being an online marathon, nothing can, can, can compare to being in that room. Like that was one of the most surreal experiences of my adult life being in the room. Um, when they passed a million dollars for like the first, I was so sick. And, and so like, it's just a little different. We don't got the crowd in there for hype, especially like there were a couple of records set. And when they passed 2 million, you don't get the cheering or anything like that. Yeah. Just, I mean, you and you're you in a freaking initial D tournament. So of course you had a better time there. Let's be real. Yeah. Yeah, there's an arcade. Every game is free. And so I was playing Initial D and Super Mario Brothers and uh, Street Fighter V and all these great games for nothing. So, like, there's a lot of perks and stuff. And it's just fun to be around people. It's just fun. I miss that. I do. So, you know, it was a great marathon. I will shout out uh, two runs and only two runs that I thought you have to watch whether you like speedrunning or not. These are mind-blowing. The first run that I want to shout out was Celeste, the uh, incredibly hard indie game, 1,300 deaths, my first playthrough. Um, I died 1,300 times. This guy beat the hardest eight levels in the game with a DDR dance pad. (laughs) Oh, my God. Didn't use a controller. Used his fucking feet. Of course he did. Of course. Bro, and and he did it in less than 20 minutes. So, like, I got to send you the YouTube link to that just so you can be like, what is going on here? um like, less I, than 20 minutes i i still i'm trying to think it's like nope <laughs> i know what happened i know what happened but it's like nope nope so his name is peaking boo and he actually plays all of his games with a dance pad that's his like big claim to fame in the speed running and, and twitch community is he's the dance pad guy he's actually been in gdqs before uh for online stuff it's hard to get a dance pad in the actual uh event but like that's the advantage of an online marathon is like vr and dance pads and stuff like that become more of a reality because you can do your home setup. So that was actually really cool to watch. So that's the first one. The second one, and arguably the most impressive speed run I've probably ever watched in my life, um, especially because he executed so well throughout and he was under his estimate. Super Mario 64, 16 stars, which includes two major glitches that you have to do. Blindfolded. Uh blindfolded super mario 64 the precision platforming and the jumps and all of that using just audio cues the guy knew what to do based on the song playing and exactly when to jump because like can you imagine i can't imagine even getting through the first level he practice oh yeah that's right i can't get a star blindfolded he got 16 and beat that he got he beat bowser like you got to beat him by getting his tail Spinning him in a circle and throwing him into bombs. He did that five I times. In, I literally want to interview him just to say how many hours did you practice? Like educated exactly. get. That's all I want to know. And then the interview could be yeah. done. Congratulations, yeah. you're a man. And he's in the blindfolding community as well. So the blindfold speedrun community is its own even subsect of speedrunning. It's, it's a smaller community, but they play a ton of different games. Pokemon blindfolded, all this cool stuff. So those were the two runs I'll shout out, but. $2.7 million is a serious thing and, and just really glad. And I can't wait for SGDQ uh, later on this summer. 
Monster Hunter Rises Switch demo available right now, but only until February 1st. Yeah, they had a Monster Hunter Rise blowout event last week. Um, It was actually the day after we recorded, so we couldn't cover it on last week's podcast. But of course, they shadow dropped the big Switch uh, demo as they kind of predicted. Everybody kind of predicted they would. It actually was so popular, it broke the the eShop and uh, stopped the servers. People... And Nintendo acknowledged it, which they don't often do. So uh, that single-handedly, that demo broke Nintendo. Uh, that's how popular this game is going to be. This game is going to sell like hotcakes. So I downloaded the demo. I haven't gotten to play it yet, so I don't have any impressions. But it is a Monster Hunter game, so I would imagine my reaction will be... It's just yeah, okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass. It's just not my game. I just can't. Yeah. I tried once with Monster Hunter 3, and I just couldn't get into it. It's just not my style, although I do appreciate people who like it because there are some really cool monsters in it. Eurogame reports the Mass Effect Remaster Collection will drop March 12th. Which is just a lot sooner than anybody thought. This is a game on my radar because I'd never played the Mass Effect games to get the original trilogy. I'm in for that. I'll get the PS4 version, play it on my PS5. Looking forward to, to finally getting to dive into some, some uh, Mass Effect. It hasn't been confirmed, but when Eurogamer and IGN both report it, where there's smoke, there's fire. Be on the lookout March 12th. Cyber Shadow gets a release date of January 26th. Oh, 12 days from now. Uh, that is the Shovel Knight developer. Um, oh, God. Why am I? Oh, I can't think right now. But the team that developed Shovel Knight is working on slash publishing this game. They're not fully developing it, but it's basically their, they're the ones publishing, I believe, and also tag teaming the development of this game yacht club that's what it is thank you thank you self thank you yourself uh, <laughs> i was like yeah. i don't know the yacht club <laughs> um yeah yacht club is the team behind shovel knight and this game looks like shovel knight but with ninjas i'm so in for an 8-bit ninja platformer kind of mm-hmm. like ninja gaiden and like that's what i want right now i want a ninja gaiden platformer you know where i just go left to right and slash shit the messenger was the last game i got like that. huh you go guide and I go Gaiden. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm Gaiden. Gaiden guide. Gaiden guide. All right, just checking. First ever Resident Evil showcase coming January 21st at 5 p.m. Eastern. That'll actually be in time for us to record next week. So um, that'll be the day we record next week, as a matter of fact, right before we record. So 5 o'clock next week. Uh, this is this is Resident Evil's direct. This is Resident Evil's, you know, uh, you know, night city wire or avengers war table we're gonna find out more about um uh resident evil village which i've been waiting for for over a year cannot wait now that i have a ps5 to get that game uh day one cannot wait i think we're gonna get a gameplay blowout i think we're gonna get a release date i think we're gonna get another game announced as well uh if not announced then strongly hinted at i'm very looking forward to this don't get your expectations too high but if you're a resident evil fan this is exactly what you want is this big gameplay blowout. This should be a surprise to no one. Super Nintendo World's opening has been delayed. No, no new new- date. Yeah, sorry, I, I cut you off. No new date announced. February 4th. It was less than a month away from now. They had a Nintendo Direct about it on a Friday night. And like, like you said, to nobody's shock, nobody's surprised due to the coronavirus. It, 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 like Again, his showcase, it was great. It looks beautiful, but there's no way it was going to open in February. This this open, I could see in like June, July. And, you know, Japan has, has the virus a little bit more under control than our country. 
and this, that, and the third, but it's still not safe and it's just not worth it. If yeah, it's, it's, it's built. over there right now for it. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, it's it's built. You've made the resources. It can sit there for a while and be ready. It's not something you're it's not like. I don't know. I'm not paying rent on the thing, but, you know, I'm. it's it's done. You're not dumping resources into it. Now you don't got to waste the energy. I'll say that your energy bill will go down a little bit. <laughs> I got nothing else. No, that's, that's all we needed. <laughs> yeah. So if you had any plans to go to Japan, which you didn't, now you have to have them on hold even more. Let's get into movies. Uh, I've been really excited to talk about movies and TV this week. There's all, just so many of these stories would have categorized as our lead story for the night. But being this episode what it is, everybody decided to drop news bombs this week. So we got a ton of stuff. And that'll include the review for Batman Soul of the Dragon coming soon. Uh, I'll read the review and then you can give me any thoughts that you have on the review and or if you've been hearing anything about the film. Batman Soul of the Dragon is relatively outside the box. It's approach. I'm sorry. It's an approach to DC movies line that results. They're mostly satisfying. The film is light on plot and heavy on action and 70s martial arts movie tropes. It also boasts a strong voice cast, many of whom would be equally at home in a live action version. But while the straightforward nature of the plot isn't an issue, the lack of character development for Richard Dragon is. This is the rare Batman movie where Batman himself is the weakest link. What's that, a seven? It is. And that, that's fine. That's fine. I mean, <clears throat> again, it comes out January 26th, at least on Blu-ray 4K. I can't wait to see this because, again, I'm glad to hear that it's at least action heavy because this is following the, the whole martial arts crew. You're getting Richard Dragon, Lady Shiva, um, Bronze Tiger being voiced by Michael J. White, who Michael J. White, who played him in live action's Arrow TV show, Robert Ocken Downs, another good actor. Oh, Jamie Chung's in it. Cool as Jade. I actually, again, it's it's already in my Amazon cart. It'll be pre-ordered. Hopefully I get it, you know, the day it's, it's released. And I, I can't wait to watch it. I love these movies. DC always delivers on their animated movies. That's where they shine is TV and animated movies. They're, they're getting there on the, on the theatrical releases, but um, this is their bread and butter. So it just another, listen, it's just, it's just a good movie. There's nothing that's going to light the world on fire about it. And if you like action, 70s action, just action in general, this is the animated film for you. Not heavy on plot, heavy on action. I think, you know, especially, I know you, that appeals to you. Oh, dude. Um, yeah, so. I, I, no matter what DC animated movies, I buy them all because I, 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 the only one I could think of that I really didn't like, I didn't like Superman All-Stars. Like, literally, besides that one, I liked them all. You liked the uh, Red uh, Red Sun or whatever it was, Red Dawn? Yeah, Red, Red Sun was good. Uh, yeah. Red, Red Death, was Death, Death, in the fam- Death in the Family was good. I mean, that was okay that I mean, that's definitely on the bottom tier of their movies like i don't get it twisted but you know i'm, I'm not biting at the bit to see it again years later where does the killing joke rank for you i i think the killing joke is probably probably low mid-tier so like in like the middle third somewhere. yeah you know it's like the bottom middle you know it's like <laughs> okay. you yeah. know what i mean Sure, sure. If there was 10 of them, it would be number seven. Well, I mean, I, I love to go because uh, Batman Soul the Dragon is actually DC's 40th animated movie. It's the 40th, the 40th film in the DC animated original movies line. So Do I would all 39 I would love to like rank them all and just try to get like, you know, if one day we want to do like special or something or instead of doing a top three, I know you didn't see all 40, but. Well, listen, if you wanted to do that one week, I'll just bow out. 
You could do a top 40. I don't give a shit. Or you you do could a bonus episode. I don't care. Or you could see the list and you could be like, okay, I've seen X amount of films and this is my list. Bro, we're on Zencaster now. You could literally record your own episode without me. You don't yeah, need me. You know, but, you know, I'm log you know, in, hit record, send me the file. I, I need I need the best host in the business. So Chris Shriver's available. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's move on. Lots okay, of big stories. Lots of big stories tonight, especially this one. And this dropped today. Very, 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 very recently. Uh, Chris Evans is in talks. And let's not get it twisted. He's in talks. So many outlets when they hear in talks, it's confirmed. They're coming back. Stop it, comic book. Nobody likes you. Um, He's in talks to reprise his role as Captain America in the uh, MCU. What do you think? You know, is this something that? Well, a, a couple things. Appealing to you. Literally, right before we recorded, I, I saw Twitter. Chris Evans said news to me and with the arms emoji out. So it's like, okay, was that story just total bullshit? Is Chris Evans just messing with us? Um, you know, I, I was talking to a couple people. People were saying, I'm pissed. I think it was Paul from East Chapter Comic Book Fiend Club. He kind of said, like, Cap had the perfect ending. And I was like, well, there was a lot of plot holes in there. I was like, but I agree with you. If I was him, I would have stayed with Haley at well as well so like i agree like i would have done the same path but there were i still feel like there were some plot holes or some things missing but i mean they need i i, I understand marvel's phase four like that they're planning they have some good plans in the works but i i don't think there's nothing like i don't know there's nothing that's got us like I, like there's no like end game like I, I didn't hear any secret news. We already had that last year, but I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like there's there's nothing like big coming down the pipeline. So it's like, are they you know in the film universe? There's plenty of big stuff coming. Oh my god, of course. Like, you know, like you know what I'm saying. Like, but like the films that are coming out, it's like, well, that Black Widow movie should have came out five years ago. Uh, the other movie probably should have came out. Everything's kind of getting delayed, moved around. Now it's it's. I feel like Marvel lost their momentum and they, and they kind of got to get it back. So like, that's why I'm interested to see, you know, one division or one, because we haven't seen anything Marvel in over a year. And I, hopefully they can still deliver with this. You've nailed it. You've nailed that. The word momentum is a wonderful describer here, especially in the film realm. And when you have a connected universe and then all of a sudden you go a year without releasing a film for the first time ever. And now all the films that were supposed to come out this year are kind of in a weird spot and getting delayed again, even further, you've lost your momentum. That is that simple. So great descriptor word there, but I'd wonder what the frick is he going to be in? Is it going to be a new cat movie? Which I don't think is it going to be, he's like in the new Avengers movie. Cause Feige said, we're getting another Avengers movie. Eventually would he do that? And then pass the torch. He already kind of did that at the end of Endgame. So like, I, I'm very, very curious as to his role. And if it's a major role or more of just a cameo thing to get the, uh, the people coming from the, you know, our Avengers, you know, age group and stuff like, and, and the people that grew up with the Avengers movies like we did to get them back. I don't know yet. It's an interesting move. Is this the tip of the iceberg? Is Downey Jr. going to come back? Are we going to get more? I, I just don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I love Chris Evans. I, I love him as Cap. I, I would love to see him come back. You know, I, I heard people say maybe he could tell a story when he did something with the um, Infinity Stones. Maybe it's something like yeah. that. They tell a story in between. I I especially so soon i can't i literally can't see cap coming back this soon like it's it's been one year like are they panicking already 
Well, these movies, though, they're not coming out for a while. And if he's not even signed yet, they've even started making the movie. So he's three to four years away minimum from coming back uh, in any capacity. I wonder then if it's going to be too late. I wonder because all of these Marvel shows, these MCU shows are going to be out by then. Are we have already going to fall in love with these new characters? And maybe we won't, but I have a sneaky hunch that we will. And are we going to want to move forward? Is this going to turn into a Skywalker saga thing where we're just kind of over it and we want them to move forward and they keep using these older you know, actors and characters to push their ratings and get these people back? That's what I'm fearful of, because if you remember... Disney, they own Marvel. They both, they own Star Wars. They've already done it in Star Wars. There's no saying they won't do it in Marvel. That's a little bit scary to me. So I'm right there with you. Yeah. I, I, again, I, I think everyone just hold your horses. Don't expect Chris Evans. I, I think we probably have a better shot of seeing him cameoing in the Fantastic Four movie of Human Torch or something, but that's just me. Yeah. <laughs> As Human Torch, the, if they do a multiverse, do get. Oh. Because you're saying if they did like a multiverse thing and he played Cap and he did Human Torch, I would be totally down for that. You know where I want to see him come back in? And, I'm, and I mean this uh, wholeheartedly. I would love it. I, I think it's already shot, so I don't think it's going to happen. I would love him in Guardians 3. Yeah, I, would just- I, mean, I, I could see that. Like I, 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 the only thing I could say, the story they could say is Secret Invasion. Yeah. It's, well, it's there a is a Secret Invasion show. And they didn't say MCU movies. They just said the MCU, which now does include the Disney Plus shows. So maybe he's actually going to cameo in the Secret Invasion show. That's the Nick Fury thing. Or, or That's that, actually a really good call out. Or he kind of does like a little – he has like a, a bigger part than kind of – you know, that we think he's kind of like a little side character. I, w- I would love that because I, I still think Winter Soldier is the best Marvel movie I've ever seen. Maybe, just maybe, this is all – he's already signed – Maybe just maybe he shows up in the Falcon and Winter Soldier. And this is just getting leaked out now to make you think he's years away, but then he shows up in an episode of that. You just never know. That show's already yeah, shot. I mean, it could, could be, or he has like a little dumb little cameo scene like in Thor Dark World as Loki was kind of him for that quick little second. Oh, that's true too. Yeah, there's definitely still some phase three runoff that he has potential to do. I I, I wouldn't mind them moving forward without any of the old characters, but while you still have the Lokis and, and the other guys around still, I, I think it makes some sense. And I'm with you. I actually like Chris Evans a lot in the role and he cap is my favorite Avenger. So I'm, I'm in from that, from those movies in particular. So I'm all for yeah. it, but I do worry if by the time we see him, is it going to lose its momentum completely? So I still am stuck on that comment. That's a really good call out by you. I have my very moments. Let's get into our top three for the evening. As uh, Kevin Feige has confirmed that not only will Deadpool 3 actually happen and inside the MCU, which is a big one, that it will be rated R. Oh, that, 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 that's exactly what we needed to hear. Calm everyone down. And now that Deadpool gets to play with all of Disney's and Marvel characters. So, baby. That's what we're going to talk about in our top three. So this top three is going to be top three MCU or Marvel characters that we'd want to see in Deadpool 3. This has a lot of potential, this list, and they can kind of go anywhere with it. Let's start. Actually, you know what? Before we get into our top three and start the list, is there anything else you wanted to say about it being in the MCU or the fact that it's rated R? No, I, I think we need Deadpool has to be rated R. That's just my thing. And I, I think we need Deadpool in the MCU. I, I think that will just add a little something extra 
into the, the upcoming movies that you just never know where Deadpool can cameo. You just never it's, know now. I don't want I'm with you. I don't want it to be another Venom verse where it's Marvel, but not in the MCU. And there's potential for eventual crossover. And then but yeah. wait, that's actually going to be the spider verse and Spider-Man's doing his own thing. So I would like it nice and tidy in the MCU. Use the characters that, you know, are in that universe that we can, again, grow in love like fucking Moon Knight crossing over in there like that'd be just sick as hell. Now, I digress. Let's get into our top three characters we'd want to see in deadpool 3 we'll start with you okay I, if you don't accept this number three i have a backup but this is a comic storyline in 2012 deadpool kills the marvel universe i think that would be an awesome movie that if you want to get like you know again hugh jackman doesn't want to maybe do a full movie he could do a little cameo in this and kind of have him literally deadpool killing he just has the idea one day that he's going to kill everyone and he does mm-hmm. Story written by Colin Colin Bond in 2012. I, I think that's fantastic. If you don't accept that, because I I kind of cheated and use everyone because that's a, it's a great storyline. No, I fully accept it. Okay, I won't even say it. Perfect. Yeah, I fully accept it because with this list, I actually took a lot of liberties as well. I decided to have a lot of fun with it. There was very because Deadpool is that deadpan, not so serious movie. You can watch it as a popcorn flick and just kind of enjoy it. You don't got to pay attention to the plot if you don't want to. I actually took that approach with this and I'm just having fun with these. They're not super serious. It's probably not even my top three. It's just the first three that came to my mind where it's like this would be insane and fun and kind of just a wacky thing. So uh, my number three is the New Mutants. Uh, <laughs> that's because I think they deserve better. Um, except for Charlie Heaton, because his character just sucked balls and I don't ever want to see him speak in a Southern accent again, but I digress. The new mutants, if you brought in 2021 or two, Anya Taylor, joy, Maisie Williams, I'll even say Charlie Heaton. Sure. Like that cast is 10 times more popular than what, than they were even when new mutants was being filmed. Now that GOT is over and Anya Taylor, joy is like the biggest freaking you know mid-20s actress going right now especially thanks to the queen's gambit and such so i think that the new mutants because again they deserve better they have some good character stuff deadpool crossing over with them could be a wacky adventure and a lot of fun and also at the same time simultaneously rebuild the new mutants brand if they ever wanted to give them a second shot i can dig that my number two i went with spider-man me too that's my number two hell yeah who wouldn't want to see ryan reynolds and tom holland go back and forth with one each other I mean, yeah. come on. That would be a freaking blast. Yeah, I, I have it as my number two, but my reasoning is a little different than yours. Mine is Spider-Man because they're crossing everything else over with that character. Why the hell not? No, I, I, you're not wrong, but I, I feel like they would go good with each other. Like the little innocent Spider-Man have the Deadpool over his shoulder. I think that would be a blast. Think about how good Civil War was when Spider-Man and like kind of introduced himself into the MCU and crossed over really well with Cap and you know we're Team Cap or Team Spidey like that that was yeah, a really yeah, good yeah, movie. Different parts of New York, you know what I mean? Like that was that was mm-hmm. really neat. Deadpool versus you know Deadpool versus the Spider. Like I would love that cameo. What do you think out of that crossover? What do you got for your number one? I mean, it, it shouldn't be a surprise. It's been a movie that they've been teasing for years, or at least Reynolds, but. I want him and Hugh Jackman. Yeah. I want I want to see Deadpool and Wolverine. It, it's it's the movie we deserve. It's been getting teased for years. Obviously, Reynolds wants he's basically begged Hugh Jackman to do it so many times. I would love if Hugh just finally sucks up, 
gets in a yellow suit and and just let this give us the Wolverine that we wanted since freaking 2000. Uh, if I had a serious list, it would be on there. No doubt about it. Um, it has, it has I, to be. I also still have to see Logan. So it's probably another reason why it's not. Oh my God. How the fuck have you not seen Logan? Uh, I have my reasons. <laughs> I was too busy watching teen dramas on Netflix. Oh, uh, <laughs> that, that, that really hurts me. Uh, my number one, just because again, just to have some fun with it. Chris Evans, Captain America, but specifically Chris Evans. Uh, I, I just, I don't know. It'd be fun as hell to see Chris Evans as like the old guy and Ryan Reynolds like ripping on him. So what'd you do in there? Did you, well, you jerk have, off? You have the Boy Scout versus Deadpool. That that would be funny. I could definitely get behind that. Or like he makes fun of the way he looked before the cryogenic chamber or like he goes into the cryogenic chamber himself. Like I think that that just has a wacky – if you put Deadpool in the 1940s oh, – I mean, you could have that. You could have him joking with Fantastic Four, him breaking the fourth wall, saying Johnny Blaze, and he, America's ass. Like, there, there's so so many ways that movie could go. Oh, my God. The America's ass line. Holy shit. Good call. Good call. I think it's the Terramana speaking. <laughs> Again? Second week in a row? Dude, I, that's been the new thing, man. I've I, Every every week, it's going to be like a different concoction. Today, it's Terramana with a little pineapple juice. And a little oh, phenomenal. Oh my, oh, oh my God. I'm sitting here drinking Turkey Hill Diet Ice Tea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That was our top three for the evening. Uh, the characters we'd want to see most in Deadpool 3. Let's continue on with the news. Uh, staying in, in Marvel, but this is a little bit more depressing. Jared Leto's Morbius film has been delayed a long time from this March. To October 8th. I mean, it still feels like we're still in 2020. Things are still going to get delayed. Um, We still can't even see movies in Philadelphia, so um, we won't be going to the theaters anytime soon. Uh, It's the only right thing to do. There's no way they would put that to Disney Plus because the film had like a $150 plus million budget, and there's no way they're going to lose that. Yeah, they'd rather sit on it and wait for a theatrical release. The problem is you can very easily see October not happening either. Yeah, I do. again, this is another They keep pushing these Marvel movie backs. Like I said before, they're losing their momentum. Uh, even like, even a WandaVision, like I'm excited to see WandaVision, but at the same time, like, ah, eh. like they really got to wow me on these first two episodes. I feel like that's why they're going to release the first two episodes. Maybe the one's not enough. Like they really got to hit you with that one, two to kind of suck you in. But I mean, get it. It's, if that's what's going to happen when you haven't seen a Marvel film in a year and a half. Yeah, I gave you my theory on why it's two. I, I said, uh, well, number one, it's to get more people to subscribe. It's just more bang for their buck. But two, I think that the first episode is going to be drastically different than the second. I think at the end of the first episode, they're going to get oh, sucked out of this. I sucked think out of this. Like uh, the first, what, like, there's what, nine episodes? Uh, yeah. So I think, like, first episode, they're in this sitcom 1950s world, and something happens at the end of one, and it becomes much more serious. Yeah. And then in two, they're going to give you that world just so you don't think it's some sitcom black and white show. I think that's why they're giving you two is to really give you an idea of what the show is going to be. Yeah, migrate. Um, yeah, but Cause, well, cause again, the first episode it, it might it might not be for you. I'm like, ah, I I never watched Dick Van Dyke show back in the day, but I have, so maybe I'll like this a little bit. I've heard good things in the previews. People that are posting their previews and their impressions now. So oh, I, you have, I, I haven't heard shit. Yeah, they they about an hour or two ago they started releasing it. So I am. Ready. I am excited. I've been waking up at like three or four o'clock every morning the past couple of nights. So if I do that again, I'm going to watch this when I wake up this morning. 
uh, and just bang it out super early before work. So looking forward to it. I mean, that kind of, uh, that kind of does our first TV story. So I'm probably going to skip over that when we get to that section, but back to Morbius, you're right. This is a movie that they can just wait on. This is not a movie that anybody's particularly excited about outside of like, okay, it's going to be cool. Um, quite frankly, you know, this was supposed to open in March and I don't think anybody even realized it. That it's only, it was only two months it, away. It kind of snuck up on you, right? It really did. I mean, we're still in March, 2020, as far as I'm concerned. So Ray, <laughs> Ray Fisher's Ray. It's March 366th. Uh, Ray Fisher's cyborg cameo and full appearance has been written out of the flash movie. It looks like uh, Ray Fisher's cyborg character, maybe no more after all, you know, the, a lot of controversy between the two. Yeah, you know, it, it's kind of a shame, you know. Um, obviously, we know the Justice League movie, there was a lot of, I guess, working conditions that weren't great. People were kind of called out or whatever. And, you know, Ray, Ray refuses to kind of um, work with DC as long as Walter Hamada is still their president. And he just signed a new deal. He's not going anywhere. And he's kind of not backing down from his movement. I mean, hey, you know, you can't knock a guy for, for following his heart. And, and that's what he believes in. So I mean I I liked Ray for for you know the, well the little bit he gave us in in in, in uh, Whedon's cut but I mean from what Zach's saying the heart of the movie is Cyborg in in Justice League so we make we're gonna get a whole different take on the Cyborg story and what we thought that his whole line was and so hopefully that his character can bring a little bit more than than what was shown before for sure and um you know when I remember in 2017 when or 16 i can't remember when this came out and we it was one of our first episodes no no it was 17 it wasn't a, one of our first episodes we were already established show but i remember when it came out and we gave our impressions i said that cyborg was my favorite part of the movie yeah. uh, and that was in the whedon cut and so i'm looking forward to seeing cyborg in the snyder cut more than anybody outside of probably superman just because i think he's going to get the biggest just desserts um maybe batman who knows but Regardless, I was looking forward to that. It, you know, I don't personally like it when, when actors or the big wigs, whatever, give make beef public and then it affects it because it only hurts the fans. Yeah. And so, like, I wish that could have stayed private and behind closed doors. And if there was a contract, you know, involved, I wish that either party or both parties would still adhere to their contractual obligations. Uh, if not, that can have some pretty big legal ramifications moving forward. I am not a lawyer. I am very glad I don't make those decisions. And I used big words there that I don't know what they mean. But at the end of the day, I would have liked this just to stay behind closed doors. And again, like I said, all this does, it hurts the fans. Yeah, it's it, it just a bad situation. It's not a great one. You are absolutely right. Let's move on to the final story in movies. It looks like, speaking of the Snyder Cut, it looks like the Martian Manhunter character will finally appear in the Snyder Cut. I, I mean, it was teased that this was the actor he was playing. It's it's good to hear that it's confirmed that he did say, Harry Lennox said that we're, we're, he shot some Martian Manhunter scenes. Yep. I, I don't know if, if it's going to be, obviously it should be CGI. If he is Martian Manhunter, I don't know if he's going to stay in this human form. Uh, I he's love been Martian. in movies before as the human character. Like whoever Harry Lennox plays, I can't remember his that man, Mark John Jones, actual name. John Jones. That's right. And he's been in, I think it was in Man of Steel and BVS. Wait, but um, he was but his name was Calvin Swanwick. So it's like you don't know that it was John gotcha. Jones. 
just kind of it was put together. And I think, well, I don't think anyone knew until uh, Zack Snyder said something like as he was making it. Then it was like, yeah, I'm John Jones, blah blah blah. So it's good to hear that some of the four or five new minutes that we're going to get that we're going to be getting some Martian Manhunter. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, let's move into television. A second season of Loki has reportedly been greenlit and has begun production even before the first season's premiere. I mean, I feel like a lot of, you know, I know Netflix does done that a lot before it even drops that they're like, okay, we have complete faith in the story, the show that's being told. And, 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 you know, they already had the, the story for season two and if it was good enough, of course they're going to sign it. I think it's easier to make that call when it's only six episodes you kind of don't have to worry about, you know, people tuning out and, you know, where's the plot going to go? It's kind of an easy choice to make. There's been a lot of positive reaction around the first look trailer that we got. There's been a lot of positive reaction overall to the series. So, like, I can totally see this makes a ton of sense for them. Um, it's the MCU on Disney Plus. It's not going anywhere. Ain't nobody tuning out. No, Everyone's going to give it a shot. Hiddleston's freaking great in the role. He makes that character. Absolutely. I couldn't picture anybody else as a, as a very good Loki. Even though he, he auditioned for the role of Thor, I, I, I can't imagine that. anyone else but Loki. Yeah, and I also can't imagine anybody else but Hemsworth playing Thor. It's going to be sad when those days are over, too. But we haven't even gotten the fourth Thor movie yet. So and Chris Hemsworth said, guys, I'm not going anywhere. I think he loves playing Thor, and he's. I, don't, I think they're going to have to kick him out of the role before he, you know, I think he'll be 60 still playing it. He'll be I Odin. He'll be Fat Thor. I'll tell you that. <laughs> It'd be awesome. So, fat Thor is done. We won't see no more Fat Thor. I hope in GOG 3 he's still Fat Thor for the beginning. I really there's do. No, I'll bet money there's no Fat Thor. If it is, it'll be a Rocky Ford training montage. <laughs> Which would be very Guardians well, of them. If they no, I'm all for it. I'm there. Yeah. Staying in the MCU, specifically the Disney Plus MCU, She-Hulk. We got some information about that show. We got an episode tally and the length. It'll be 10 half hour episodes. So about five hours of She-Hulk. I, I, I kind of love that. I like half hour shows. Dude, you just don't fuck around. And it's no, so it, bingeable. Exactly. Like when you know, you're like, Oh man, I got to watch an hour shows. You've got to plan out an hour. Sometimes it's harder than you know, other, you know, but when you know you have 30 minutes, you're, you're going to bang that out real fast. That that's perfect. And I think the Mandalorian taught us a lot. I wanted longer episodes. I got them and I paid the price. I much prefer the 32 minutes. Shorter. I, I wanted them longer. Yeah, Still, I prefer I prefer the 32 minute runtime, man, with 10 minutes of credits. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Uh, moving on, staying again in the MCU, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, Loki and Moon Knight will all be six episodes long at 40 to 50 minutes. So yes. literally, just like we were just saying, uh, a little bit different here. Like, honestly, I, I, I think that 40 to 50 runtime, I, I think it's perfect for a TV show. And again, Obviously, Moon Knight is my most hyped TV show Marvel's got coming out. This this is perfect. I'd rather have six episodes of 4050 than than 10 at, at half hour. Um, I so like all joking aside from the last story, 40 minutes is my sweet spot because when we watched hour-long shows as a kid, they were 42 minutes. That's how long a 60-minute show was on C on you know WB or whatever, because of all That's the commercials. All, they ran they're all 42 minutes and like 14 seconds. Something like that. So like 42 minutes of television is, is great. I, I'm totally good with that. So um, it's when the shows go an hour and seven or 55 and like they're all over the map. Like that well, can get a little long sometimes. Careful. Ozark. Ozark season three wasn't great. So uh, you know, I, think it, I remember I, the, I think the one finale was like an hour and 19 minutes or something like that. 
Yeah, a lot of shows, especially their finales, have done that when they're like, and like Your Honor randomly through like an hour and five, and I'm still halfway through it. I'm like, Jesus, fuck. No, I, I'm just kidding. I'm just probably a great show. <laughs> it's it's a really good show. Green Arrow and the Canaries has been canceled At, before I, it even started. By the way, I yeah, again, you know, they they all the characters that were going to appear in the show, they were in Arrow and all that stuff. I I, I think this is the right move. Kind of a Arrow's done. We don't really, you know, I mean, Catherine McNamara, she was, she was cool. She, you know, she's cute. I, I like her, but I, I, I don't, I don't care about that story. Like, you know, once you have Oliver Queen gone, I don't, I really don't want to see Green Arrow. That's just me. So I'm kind of glad that they passed on it. They could focus on something new, a new show plan for a bigger crossover. I mean, hell, if you're going to do Green Arrow, bring Stephen Amell back because he was already just on Michael Rosenbaum's podcast and he's got, what do you say with Dexter? With Michael C. Hall. That's why you never say never because something like that story, you know, things change, story changes, a better story comes along, boom, you're back in it. So wait, just wait for uh, Stephen uh, Stephen Mel to come back in a few years. Plus, money talks. Exactly, money does talk. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Moving on to a Netflix superhero genre, season three of the Umbrella Academy. At the end of season two, the Sparrow Academy was teased and uh, an alternate universe where it's seven different kids. And we are going to explore that fully in season three as the Sparrow Academy has actually been revealed with the cast and everything. Like we got a big blowout of Umbrella Academy news. I actually have all seven actors uh, and who they'll be playing in the Sparrow Academy. Justin Cornwell will be number one, Marcus. Justin H. Min will be Ben. He is reprising his role from the Umbrella Academy as Ben is the only one who is the same in both. Uh, Brittany Oldford, number three, she'll be Faye or Fi. I cannot. It's F uh, F E I. So go figure on that one. Number four, Alfonso will be played by Jake Epstein. My boy, Craig Manning from Degrassi. Let's fucking go. Let's fucking go. Uh, that's the greatest show ever. Genesis Rodriguez will be playing number five, Sloan. Cassie David will be playing number six, Jamie. And then number seven, Christopher will be played by an existential dread-inducing paranoid cube or a psycho psychochromium cube, a literal sentient square, not an actor. <laughs> hey, wait. So, <laughs> it's no, so I, very... I, obviously, season two of Umbrella Academy, I, I thought was better than season one. I really liked it. Can't wait for season three. Like, I don't know any of these actors, so I, I'm in. Well, just watch the grass scene. You get super familiar uh, with Kyle Manning. He's a... He's a a guitarist singer who uh, is in love with a girl named Ashley. Favorite character on the show. Got you. Who's in love with a girl named Ashley and loves taking back Sunday. Does that remind you of anybody? Oh yeah. Greg, not Craig. We are the same person. I digress. Uh, I'm not from Canada, nor did I have a drug addiction or do I have a drug addiction? Craig, Craig fucks with that cocaine. I don't like that season. That's fucking heavy. I don't like it. Degrassi, but regardless, uh, it would be so umbrella Academy to have a sentient cube as one of the characters uh, looking forward to this as well. I thought season two was better than season one as well. I think it fell off pretty hard towards the end um, as season one did, but the first four or five episodes we talked about it were goddamn almost perfect. They were yeah. great. I, no, I think they were perfect. The Dexter reboot season. This is actually important. The Dexter reboot season is going to take place in upstate New York. So spoilers, Dexter takes place in Miami. 
the first seven seasons and 12 or 11 episodes until the finale, basically, where he ends up across the country around about Oregon, I believe, Montana, somewhere up in the northwest. So this is going to take place in neither of the two big settings from Dexter, the show upstate New York. That tells me that this is going to take place after Dexter is already like, nah, fuck that. And they're basically going to retcon that finale where he ends up in the Northwest. So uh, that's exciting. Dexter in season four right now, episode nine. So I, I, it's tough for me to even imagine Dexter not in Miami. Yeah. But in New York, I mean, no matter, no matter what I'm seeing this, no matter, I can't freaking wait. Like my thing or is 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 Deb going to be dead? Like is she dead? Like she's dead? She's not coming back? Or, or are they rebooting it all? Like you know, I, I just feel like I, I need to know a little bit more. Yeah, I think Deb is probably you know not coming back, and so um, especially I, Jennifer Carpenter and Michael C. Hall, they you know former lovers, and they they yeah, you know, but they, hey, but hey, they they were divorced, and they still wind up doing four or five more seasons of Dexter. So I mean, contractual hey, obligations again contractually well, I, I, think think they, they, I think they signed on for a little bit more you know but <laughs> well uh, re- regardless regardless dexter in i know it's upstate new york so it doesn't take place in nyc but in new like that's got a lot of promise um i'm i'm excited plus i think there's going to be some season stuff involved some wintery some snow like i'm a big fan of weather especially snow so this is going to be exciting i like it i can't wait i'm a fucking nerd anyway we started dexter as well to try and get us ready for the reboot season. We're just on season one, but uh, cannot wait to, to rewatch this. It's, it's just, <laughs> it's just bringing back Oaks. all like, the feet. I think it, I love the entire cast. Like there's not a cast member. I don't like. Yeah. Uh, and then I'll talk more about it next week or whenever it's my pick of the week, but uh, season four of search party is out now on HBO max. It was my former pick of the week. Finish it, it'll be my pick of the week. <laughs> It's my, listen, it was one. Of, it was one of my picks of the week before. I, it was one of my top fifteen shows last year or of twenty twenty, um, season three more specifically. So it's back. They dropped three episodes of it on HBO Max. I'm only done the first one, so I really feel like it's not good to give impressions. I'll save them, but just know that season four has a lot of stakes uh, already in just the first episode, and I'm really enjoying it so far. Before we get to your CGC spotlight, however, Pokemon dropped before all of this news and. You know, we're not one just for like baseless rumors and shit, but the two top Pokemon leakers like on Twitter both said something more is coming tomorrow, aka Friday. I don't particularly believe that. I don't think Friday's probably the smartest when you just announced Snap on Thursday uh, or reannounced, I guess. So I don't know if I believe it, but they are in full swing. This 25th anniversary, they're bringing the heat. They dropped a two-minute trailer taking you through all the regions. So much fun. They have a collab with Katy Perry coming and some other things, including a 25th anniversary TCG set. That's what's probably most exciting for you. What do you think about this uh, this new TCG set as I bring up uh, all the details here from Serebium? I mean, I, I think the base set of Pokemon is was long due for another, like a reprint. And well, they just did one in 16, though. They just did a reset of base set in XY Evolution. 25 year anniversary they had the little two five on there with the card i know they they posted some like your um the og pokemon like the original base set people um like so they call like the starters they kind of posted them i thought it looked cool i know they might have been giants i feel like if, if you did kind of just a repackage i think they would sell like hotcakes man pokemon's huge right now why wouldn't you do that well they are the biggest 
I mean, it's 25 years. That's, that's like that. That's a momentous occasion. I already know. They said the vivid voltage is is back ordered. The next set that's coming out, I think next month or or in March, that's already kind of been back ordered. That whatever that retailers put the order in, like they're getting half of it just because of their their printers just can't keep up with the demand. It's crazy, man. Pokemon is taking over right now. The 25th anniversary is a big deal for them. They're doing a <clears throat> Hoenn celebration in Pokemon Go, which is Gen 4, wink, wink. Um, they're doing Pokemon Cafe Mix, getting new missions there. But for this TCG thing, this partner pack that they're talking about, um, basically it's for the 25th anniversary. Each month, a special first partner pack will be released, which contained oversized cards. So not the actual they're not usable cards, but they're, so they're bigger cards that will feature the starter Pokemon of each region, as well as two regular booster packs coming February 26th. You're going to get a binder, which is cool for all that, but they're going to start from Gen 8 and work their way back to Gen 1. So the last thing we're going to get are these original base set cards with that cool 25 logo on the right hand side. Uh, where the first nope, it's actually on the opposite side of where first edition would go, I believe. But regardless, March 5th is when you're going to get the Galar starters. So Gen 8, April 2nd will be Alola, May 7th will be Kalos, which is Gen 6, June 4th will be Unova, July 9th will be Gen 4 Sinnoh, August 6th will be Gen 3 Hoenn, September 3rd will be Johto and Sam for you, October 8th will be Kanto. So look forward to October 8th when you get your hands on those base set giant ass partner cards. Yeah, I, I got a long ass time. Yeah. I mean, they just announced so much stuff. Like I said, the Katy Perry thing, Build-A-Bear, yeah. Levi, McDonald's. Pokemon. Pokemon is taking over right now. Well, they've always, though. They they are the most profitable, biggest, most recognizable brand in the world. So I mean, it's just, <clears throat> they even did the Macy's thing where they kicked off the 25th anniversary there's going to be a big year for them it's not all going to be games they announced a new anime uh fucking gary is coming back to the anime that's a pretty big deal um you know so like i said scholastic mattel funko power a general mills like tons of tons of crossovers tons of collabs a, a lot of stuff just be prepared for a ton throughout the whole year be prepared for a ton of pokemon news that i cannot personally wait for hopefully capped off with Gen 4 Diamond and Pearl remakes, um, and I cannot wait for new Pokemon Snap. But I digress, Sam. It's time for you to go with your CGC Spotlight of the Week. My run is coming to an end. I only got two more after this, and I got to see what those CGC books I got. If not, I got to maybe make a move to WADA. I got three cards on PSA to my left, so we'll see what I have to do. But today we got Batman number 9. Came out in February, March of 1942. I have it in a 5-0, off-white pages. Joker appearance. First Batman Christmas story. Half-page ad for Leading Comics number one. This is a Bill Finger story. Jack Burnley cover. Bob Kane, Jerry Robinson, and George Russo's art. And this is the classic cover of uh, Batman and Robin. Just in like the yellow spotlight. Looks like they're kind of like... The old school movies where they're breaking out of jail or something like that. And the spotlight hits them. Absolutely love this cover. I got this at, I think I got a Baltimore Comic-Con. I remember it was either the 5.0 or 6. So I forget the booth, but the 6.0 price was a little bit too pricey. The 5.0 just kind of fit right. Went, went with my run. Had to get it. There's actually only 145 total graded blue label copies on the census. 
only 60 that are actually graded higher than mine. There's 294s, 192, 190, 185, 1450s. I just it was one of the covers that took me a while to get because I felt like I had to to get that right cover because this is the kind of the black cover. You usually black covers you see like every imperfection, they kind of grade very harshly. So I was super happy to get this five out. So the story we have today, it's just titled Christmas. It's Christmas time and Bruce Wayne takes some presents to Gotham's orphanage. In the place he notices that a small kid is being made fun of for believing in Santa Claus. After doing some research, Bruce learns that the kid is not an orphan, but his father is in prison and he claims that he has been framed. Bruce decides to do some good for the kid and he goes to investigate his father's case. Batman and Robin arrive at Gotham State Penitentiary where the kid's father tells the story of how he tried to steal a toy for his kids last Christmas, but instead he found a burglar stealing the safe from the toy shop and a dead guard. As he tried to stop the criminal, he was knocked unconscious. When the police arrived, he was found guilty of stealing and killing the guard. So Bruce takes this upon himself to look into it and figure out what actually happened. And will or will we not get a happy ending for this Christmas? Spoiler, yes, the guy was telling the truth. At the end of the day, the father is able to spend Christmas with his son. That was your CGC spotlight and story for Batman number nine. I can't. I love your CGC spotlights. They're so fun. Thank you for another wonderful one. I mean, I, I'm upset that I had to skip number six. I, I just want to complete this run, but hopefully this year I'll be able to track one down. We appreciate everybody who tuned in tonight uh, or today, or it's a podcast. So really, whenever you're Whatever. listening, <laughs> it's the beautiful thing about audio on demand. Uh, <laughs> we've only done this five years. What the hell do we know? Uh, we are actually approaching five years. We're almost at four and a half. Which is insane. Jesus Christ. Uh, who the fuck would have thought? Um, but appreciate everybody and <laughs> thank you enough. for the thank you for the feedback about the time codes and how much you appreciated them. I mean, it just tells me that you don't like our show and only want to hear certain things. But <laughs> that's that's okay. Better than better that than uh, than nothing. I'll take the download. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm selfish. But anyway, thanks everybody for listening. This has been episode 120 or two. I did that last week. I can't help myself. <laughs> 220. We'll be back next week with episode and our impressions of one. 221. Who's better than us? <laughs> <laughs>